friends, you know, the NHL moves quite quickly. It's a very much what have you done for me lately kind of league. And the Toronto Maple Leafs have made a major change at GM, not continuing with Kyle Dubas. What should the Jets do about it? Should they go after Dubas or are there reasons to think that maybe he's not the guy to take the Jets to the promised land? We'll dive into all of that on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Or Locked On the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Evening, friends, and welcome to today's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so is free of charge, and it ensures you never miss another episode, but most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL. And when you enter promo code LockedOnNHL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every single order. Now, on tonight's episode, like I said, kind of want to dive into the whole Kyle Dubas thing because I think this is a very interesting scenario when it comes to GM appointments, um, firings, and in particular, you know, Dubas... His tenure with the Toronto Maple Leafs has been something of a roller coaster, right? You look at a lot of his moves, and it's hard to get a read on how much is his own vision and how much is his uh, ownership team's vision, right? There's clearly a couple of different ideas of how the Toronto Maple Leafs should be, and it's not clear that any particular one idea has won out. Now, interestingly, you know, I think Dubas built a lot of good things with this team, but then there are moments where he'll trade away like Rasmus Sandin, and they got hosed on that one. I don't care what the return was. Sandin has been amazing for the Capitals. So I just look at a lot of his moves, and I'm left wanting, right? There's a, a I would say, a well above average GM there, but I think in terms of getting a team to the next level, right? Look how far the Maple Leafs have come and how short they've fallen of anything to do with an actual playoff run. They had, you know, one playoff series win over the last several years, uh, well, last several decades, more likely. Um, and that, you know, came this season and then they promptly lost to the Florida Panthers. So for me, I, I just look at this and I'm like, if Dubas couldn't get it done with such an all-star cast, why would we trust him to go elsewhere where he'll still probably have to deal with meddlesome ownership and he'll have less talent to work with? Now, in defense of Dubas, here's what I'll say. He's in a very tough division. He's in a very tough conference, and it is a lot of pressure to get the Leafs to actually look like an NHL team in most days. The thing with the Leafs, though, is that they generally play pretty good hockey. You notice that in the games that they lose, there aren't all that many performances where they're just downright awful, right? This is a very competitive, very strong roster, but they've had a couple of primary weaknesses, and Dubas has never really been able to fill those weaknesses. He's tried to compensate, certainly, but like actually fix the problems with the team. I don't know if he's really found the antidote. And so for me, you know, I've, I've seen stuff saying, oh, you know, 
the Jets should fire Chevy and go for Dubas. And yeah, I think he would absolutely be an upgrade. There's zero question about it. But I think when I look at Dubas's pattern, I just feel like the Jets would be decent, but still kind of spinning their wheels, right? I I do worry that you're going to find this team still dealing with the same, you know, ownership versus the GM situation like we have already with Chevy and Shipman. And I feel like Dubas is going to fall in line with that sort of stuff um, if he were to take the job. Now, Dubas himself has actually apparently wanted autonomy. So that arrangement would never work in Winnipeg, right? That's just not how the Jets operate. And, and Dubas would certainly not agree to anything here where he'd have to really answer to somebody on every single roster move. So I think for a lot of reasons, Kyle is sort of a pipe dream. But even if he was attainable, I just look at him and I see a guy who had uh, a pretty good run with the Leafs, pretty you know successful in a lot of the right areas during the regular season, but still could not bring the most important results. And they've tried it for many years. It didn't work. He's taken many shots. They didn't work. And so for me, it's like, okay, I think in isolation, a lot of the moves, I don't mind. I think that there's plenty of good reasons for why he did a lot of the things that he did. And maybe even they should have been done. I think that some of his trades were smart. I think some of the trade deadline acquisitions were the right kinds of moves. But ultimately, at the end of the day, he still has to bear some of the responsibility for the team's failures. And that's where I'm kind of like lukewarm. I think he could be successful in some areas, but we really need to see what his actual vision of a team is. Is he a very much draft and develop kind of guy? How does he perceive, you know, the building the foundations of a squad and what will he do if he moves to another team? Because suddenly he's not going to have any Matthews or Nylander or Marner to build around. He's going to have whatever the NHL squad is going to give him. And it's going to be nowhere near as talented as that three-headed monster, not to mention all of the other amazingly talented Leafs players. So all of this to say, I look at the situation and I feel like even if Dubas was available, I don't know if I'd really care if the Jets hired him or not. Not so, not like, here's the thing, like obviously he's an upgrade. I think just getting rid of Chevy and, and kind of changing the, the the tempo would be nice. I think that would be a, a worthwhile thing to do. But in terms of expectations, would I think Dubas would actually get the Jets to some sort of a championship title? I, I really don't think so. I feel like we're going to see the same stuff that we always do, but just in a nicer, you know, uh, better playing fashion, which is unfortunate. But I think for this team to really hit the next level, they need a totally fresh perspective. And I wonder if Dubas would really be the kind of guy that could provide it. Let me know what you think of all of this. Do you think the Leafs were in the right to let Dubas go, or do you feel like he might have had a stronger case to remain? What should the Jets do with Chevy? Is it time to kick the can? I'm sure a lot of you are probably uh, very much on the fire Chevy train at this point. Uh, I'm certainly not not exactly beholden to the idea that he needs to hang around, let's be honest. But, you know, it is what it is. We'll have to just wait and see how the team interprets it. But that's all on that topic. I kind of wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about Brad Lambert and also the NHL playoffs, all coming right up in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Bird Dogs. Those of you who have ever seen Bird Dogs know that they're a pair of pants with an underwear lining. You don't really find that very often, but when you do, it's great because it saves uh, money and it also saves closet space. You get a two-in-one that fits you well, that brings you great comfort, and that has you know plenty of styles to choose from, so you'll always have a Bird Dogs for every occasion. They're comfortable. They like to uh, you know hug the muscles. They make you look good, and they make you feel good. 
plenty of folks out there have tried bird dogs and absolutely love them. You know, a lot of college football nerds say they are the perfect pants for dads and have a little bit of an extra bit of uh, space for those, those of you who, uh, like me, uh, don't mind an extra pint or two, but bird dogs always accentuates you just in the right ways and makes you feel awesome. So Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL. And when you enter promo code locked on NHL, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every single order. I promise you, you won't regret it. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us, everydayers, on our conversations about uh, some of the interesting moves around the NHL. And also, it's time to talk about prospects, especially Brad Lambert, who has been tearing through the Winnipeg ice with uh, Dylan Gunther. Obviously, for the WHL Championship, it's been um, a decidedly one-sided affair. The Seattle Thunderbirds team, they're just the real deal. And I do wonder if they're going to be the ones to hoist the Memorial Cup. Amidst all of this, though, I think it's, you know, easy to overlook just how good Brad Lambert has been. Brad's ability to separate from defenders, create space for himself, and then unleash an absolutely monstrous shot has been on full display. I <laughs> I have to say, I just watch him and I'm dazzled by his skill, by his ability, and by his control and patience. Um, this is a kid who has confidence for days, uh, and increasingly he's really working on trying to round out his game, making his performances more 200-foot based, and really adding those extra tools that are going to make him an absolute threat at the next level. Now, somebody asked me in one of my fantasy leagues, a good friend of mine, you know, where do I think his ceiling is and what do I think his timeline is? And even though Brad has been destroying the WHL, I do suspect that he's maybe another season or two away, not because he's bad, but I think you want to see him develop the right habits, uh, really gain confidence, and then come back to the moose. Now, that's not to say that next season he's not a pro again. It's entirely possible that he accomplishes just about everything that he can at this level of hockey. I mean, if anything, that might really be the case because, like I said, he's obliterating the WHL uh, and has had a monstrous run of like 40 or 50 games. but that jump to the pros might be a little bit challenging just because you get to the AHL. It's very scrambly, very challenging, very difficult. And I think for Brad, he still has a couple of things that he'll want to work on. Say he makes it out of the camp though, and, and gets into the moose roster. Does he have a shot at the jets? And I think that is where, uh, for me, there's a bigger question about, you know, Winnipeg's timeline, right? I think a lot of it depends on what Winnipeg's plan is for this upcoming season. If they're trying to compete and run it back again, Lambert doesn't really have a place on this team. The only way he would is if he came out of preseason just absolutely slinging fire and looking like the guy the Jets drafted um, with like top three pick potential, right? This dude should be um, one of the most dynamic skaters and effortless creators. And if he doesn't really show that in preseason, it's probably not the worst idea to send him back to the moose, right? Not because he's bad, but because you want to make sure that he's developing the right way. You want to um, kind of avoid throwing him into the deep end too early. Now, I will say the AHL is not exactly a development league. People talk about it as if it is, but we all know that the style of hockey there is very different. It's physically brutal. Uh, so, you know... <laughs> I don't know if I'd even call it a development league. It's definitely just a very messy pro league that doesn't always give you the best interpretation of what the NHL is going to be like. But 
I think for Brad, if he actually makes the team out of camp for the Jets, I think he'd immediately find himself with some really good skilled players and hopefully start to blossom uh, quickly because he'll have to hit the ground running if he makes it. Uh, I don't think the Jets are going to waste time sending him back down if they smell even a little bit of uh, rawness in his game. I know that Bones has talked about being more forgiving and trying to add allowances for young prospects, but let's be real. That's a lot of coaching speak, and we know that to a point, there's a limit to the generosity and patience of coaches. So I think to be on the safe side, Brad's probably about a season and a half away from Jets duty, which is actually pretty close. But for Winnipeg, it's just outside the window of this competitive period, which is really tough because if Winnipeg wants to compete, they would need some ELCs and supplementary smaller contracts to try and fill in those gaps so that they can chase really big game-changing fish that could really alter the look of the team at the trade deadline. As it is, though, they're going to have to just sort of settle for what they've got so far, which, you know, is a solid team, but Brad probably is a, a player for the future more so than the present. Now, what would Brad be potentially if he ticks off all the marks and hits the ground running and becomes the player that a lot of people believe he can be? You know, for me, I mean, we're looking at a franchise talent, not on the level of McDavid, probably not on the level of like um, Austin Matthews. I would say Ehlers is probably what we're looking at with Lambert, uh, a very different version of Ehlers, obviously, but that sort of level of talent. Now, I also want to caution that sort of statement and say that Ehlers is Winnipeg's best overall skater. And I don't know that Lambert would necessarily be that. I just think in terms of like offensive potential and explosiveness, he has that level of ability. But in terms of all facets of the game and the way that Ehlers can control it, Nick will probably still stand alone as the best skater on this team. But Lambert, dog on it, he's going to score a lot of goals. I can already feel it. This kid has confidence and and skill for miles i'm really excited to see what he can do and hopefully he anchors this future core uh, especially as he transitions to center full-time for the moose um based on what we're hearing from mark morrison next season you know i i really hope that he takes flight and becomes the player that we all know he can be now we'll keep up with brad lambert as he continues for uh, the memorial cup quest but Setting that aside, wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about the NHL playoffs and the first game or two of the Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals. All coming right up in just a moment. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are closing out tonight's episode with some quick thoughts on the opening games of the NHL playoffs uh, conference finals. Obviously, the Eastern Conference, we saw Carolina end up uh, falling in overtime to the Florida Panthers. That was a quadruple overtime game, man. Uh, what a ride. What a performance. Um, both Freddie Anderson and Sergei Bobrovsky turned back the clock in monster outings where they made 55 plus saves each, something like that. Uh, just a really crazy game. Lots of goal line stops, lots of um, incredible point blank saves just a sort of magical overtime hockey and playoff game that you would imagine for a really high stakes like cup finals. But somehow this was just game one of the Eastern conference finals. I'm not sure if the teams know that they have to play more games after this, but yeah, let's just say that those dudes are probably pretty gassed and are going to walk into game two, maybe feeling a little bit, uh, a little bit stretched out and a little bit tired. We'll see how they uh, kind of get their skating legs back. 
But yeah, what a first game. I'm sure the Panthers uh, are are on cloud nine. Funny enough, though, they I mean, as much as we talk about them as being like underdogs in a lot of these runs, this team really should be as good as it is now. I mean, this roster for the Panthers is monstrous. It's just that the goaltending at times was pretty bad. And I think Paul Maurice's impact for me was kind of like, eh, you know, decent, but, you know, not the biggest fan of him. I will say that he has certainly given Matthew Tuchuk a lot of leash to work with, and Tuchuk has completely run away with it. I mean, the dude is just annihilating opponents, scoring left and right, and proving that he might be one of the top three players in the whole league. Uh, if you doubted whether Calgary lost that trade or not, I'm pretty sure you know the answer to that thought now. On the Western Conference side of things, we just finished uh, game one between Dallas and Vegas. Dallas has fallen four to three to the Knights. Vegas is on home ice, which is, you know, pretty nice. And uh, they scored an overtime to win. Uh, you know, this Knights team, I, I think, has the potential to be a real menace. I think against the Eastern Conference teams, I'm not sure that they're nearly as stacked as like, I don't know, the Panthers or the Canes. But Vegas is still very strong. And I think if they advance, they're going to be a really tough out. But that is also slightly making it sound like the stars are not just as strong. And I think Dallas has a real good opportunity to take at least one of these two games. This stars team with Ottinger is very strong. They've got quality defending. They've got a quality forward unit. And, you know, Ottinger himself at times plays on the level of like a Connor Hellebuck in net. So this team is deep. They are going to look at this as a temporary setback and probably rebound pretty quickly. The Stars have usually answered defeats with uh, pretty big responses sometime in the next game or two. And with how um, the playoffs have been this year, really hard to predict who, you know, who's going to emerge out of this series, even though Vegas has the opening game one nothing. But let me know your thoughts on these series and give me your series predictions. Let me know who you think is going to be in the cup finals. I think I'm going to go with, uh, I'm still holding to Dallas making it. Dallas and Panthers, uh, I think, could be a really fun Stanley Cup Finals matchup. Going to be terrible for TV ratings, but in terms of the jokes, content, and narratives, couldn't be better. Two teams from the South, the very deep South, uh, facing off for a Cup Finals in a very unlikely way. Pete Boer once again having that first-year bump where everyone thinks he's amazing before he eventually kind of goes back to right being regular Pete Boer. Meanwhile, you've got Paul Maurice and the Florida Panthers, man. Oh, good Lord. Could you imagine that he would end up on the verge of a Stanley Cup finals after leaving Winnipeg? Really goes to show you how painful it is that he uh, left the Jets in such a depressing state. I mean, had he not struggled as much late and, and managed to corral this team, maybe this Jets team could have been something special. But as it is, it is falling to the wayside and he gets to reap the benefits of a great, great Florida Panthers roster. But Give me your series predictions and all of that in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. I thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day every day. We will see you folks back here on Monday. So as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.